I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. And welcome, welcome to, to Birth Barf, Barf, where we try to be really put together when we're not at all. And I'm halfway to shit camp. <laughs> Ding! <laughs> this one, this episode is going to be everything you could ever hope for. This is Lauren. <laughs> I have some thoughts. <laughs> Talk about your gear and... Talk a about, lot. About snot. <laughs> oh, we will talk about we snot. We will. Nice. Please put on your magic panties. <laughs> They're on the list. Oh, no, no, that's good. I, I feel like making up lyrics to songs in, on a dime is one of my strengths. It is. And I'm at a loss for words, which means I've had too, too many Mr. Gearbox, bring me a review. Welcome. We're going to start at the top of the head and stop when we come to the bottom of the toes. Because that's the way I read you. <laughs> so, obviously. In the words of a famous rapper, Pertur. <laughs> you know what's going to be funny? So, I feel like this is a real uh, stash dash situation is. And what I mean by that <laughs> is... We did a 5K race. I know what you mean. Where we got way too drunk before. No, I shouldn't say way too drunk because it was just the right amount. We got just the right amount of drunk beforehand on maybe a Wednesday or yep. a Thursday. Yep. And we were the silly. Uh, uh, mustachioed. Mustachioed women. Myself, Lauren, and my friend, Laura Failer. Want to give a shout out to her for a weekday drunk session. Honk, honk. Beep, doop. And. Uh, Everybody kind of seemed, everybody, nobody gave two shits about us. Um, but anyways, it felt like everybody looked at us like, oh, silly, silly drunk yeah, girls. Yeah, yeah. Get out we of my way. Went, and then we went out there, won the race, got second place, and I think fourth place yeah. out of the women. Yeah. And kind of crushed it. We ran a 657. <sighs> when was the last time you saw that pace? Who am I? Why? So this episode is going to be a lot like that. We're going to seem a little too drunk and a little too silly, and you're going to walk away with a win in the gear review category. We're actually going to have famous people act out this, like Drunk History on Comedy Central. Uh-huh. Um, yep. And Only. that's why we did this. Obviously, yeah. it was very specific. Mm-hmm. We actually are in a contract with Comedy Central, and yeah. they asked us to do this. We got an email this morning. Early yep. this morning. We have been in negotiations mm-hmm. for a long time, but we finally... We went all in. And whether you know it or not, a lot of famous people sound a lot like Lauren and I. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yep. Jimmy Fallon. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Think about it. Jack Nicholson sounds exactly like Lauren Crown. Willem Dafoe. Have you ever seen Annie and Willem Dafoe in the same place? Nope. You don't know that they're not the same person. Okay. It's it's the it's the old shardy bastard. Salty. <laughs> Salty. <laughs> shardy is gross. Sorry. So we have our little OSB drawing, old salty bastard. Is the name of I our... think it was old salty boy, but he's become, <laughs> he's become a bastard. His father has passed away from the time of his drawing. Okay, uh, well the old shardy bastard, previously known as the artist uh, old Salty so boy. Old, wait, wait, the original shardy bastard, previous, formerly known as the old salty bastard. The old salty boy. Boy. But, boy, old let, salty boy. Old, old salty buns. That's old a, salty buns. Let me give you some context about what we're talking about. We drew a stick figure so we could remember what gear to talk to you about. 
Because you guys don't know who Old Salty Buns is yet, but you will soon. You will. Oh, old salty buns for president in 2020. To begin with, we're gonna stop at the. We're gonna start at the head and work our way down because uh, it's that's the only the way, way anything. It's the only. I work in in lines and Linear I don't do well with tangents. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we begin with the hat. For me, I can't wear one. To be fair, we start with the head, not necessarily the hat, because I think that's worth pointing this out. Starting at the very yeah. top. Start wherever you want, bitch. No, I, you're correct. Move on. Hat. Okay. For me, I can't wear a hat because if I'm running more than 25 to 30 miles, it touches my forehead in a way that really bothers me. However, if it's raining, I must wear a brimmed hat because the abrasion on my forehead is worth not having rain on my eyeballs. The end. Your turn. I choose to wear... I used to wear a hat pretty much all the time, but I'm now in the same camp where I do not like wearing a brimmed cap unless there's going to be any kind of precipitation yes. in my face. Yes. Rain, ice, snow, whatever. Blinking your way through a long run is horribly, horribly unpleasant. And having a brim cap can mean the difference between feeling fine about the weather and that you can make your way through it and feeling like it's the horrible, most horrible day of weather that you've ever experienced in your whole life. Um, I also have been uh, doing a buff on my head pretty consistently um, on every run uh, so that I have something to keep my ears warm on these colder runs as well as keep my headphones in. So uh, that's a pretty, I mean, I don't think that's particularly particularly unique to have a buff on your head to keep your headphones You're in. You're talking too much? I'm talking too much. Uh, the... A few other times in which I will wear things on my head, if I have to have a headlamp on at night, which I do, I will wear a buff over my forehead because that is a place where, I don't know if you guys are, have also this weird tactile aversion where like the rest of your body hurts so bad that if one little thing tips your scales, you're just going to like Hulk smash out of the woods and quit yeah. your race. For me, the forehead is the spot. And so I have to lube my forehead, not kidding, and then I put a buff on top of it. And then I put my headlamp on it. Mm -hmm. Other things that have worked in the past are cutting out the end chunk of Annie's yoga mat and gluing it to the back of a headlamp also works sweet. An item that from the Lang household is usually the answer to every problem. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, and I think, I feel like maybe we should have said this is going to be a gear slash setup review mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, because mm -hmm. I feel like there's other things we're talking about on your head. So things like hairstyles can be important. So not wearing uh, like braids or things that are too tight. Yep. Or, or definitely wearing braids that are too tight. Because yes. for some of you, me, for some of us, me, like having the very, you. the tight, the tightness on my head actually you. brings me some calmness. Mm-hmm. I don't have autism, but I, uh -huh. I respond very strongly to tactile things. Mm -hmm. um, we won't get into beauty choices because I was going to talk about earrings and, you know, that being like a power item. We can skip okay. over that. Uh, so, so follow along on your old shitty bastard. <laughs> your old shitty bastard drawing. We talked about headgear like hats and buffs. We haven't talked specifically about what headlamp you like to use. Okay. So for me, I use a counterpoint weighted headlamp which is one that has a battery pack in the back um, so that the front isn't bouncing up and down. And it seems like it's going to be like maybe too much weight for you. Turns out having a counterbalanced headlamp is the only thing that makes this mildly autistic person calm down. Um, and that is called the Princeton Tech uh, something or other. They're heavy duty Princeton Tech one. 
Yeah, so don't be intimidated by its weight in your hand. Um, I borrowed it from the Langs years ago, and now I own my very own Princeton Tech, and it is extremely beneficial. Um, I had previously also attempted to do a waist belt. Um, Apex. The Princeton Tech Apex. Is the is my headlamp. But I've also previously attempted at the waist, waist belt, which has a, um, a pivoting flashpoint on it where you can point it down or up just mm-hmm. like any other headlamp. But for me, I apparently have a Jigglypuff belly enough that it makes my field of vision light bounce really hard and it gives me vertigo. For some people that works because it's nice to not have something on your head. Mm-hmm. But for me, the waist lamp, has the waist lamp worked for you in the past? So I feel like the, and we're skipping ahead to the waist. But I know, but I'm just, I'm doing yeah, the yeah, 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 I hear you. So I feel like the waist lamp should always be the auxiliary thing that you're adding. So for me, if I am doing a night thing, in particular orienteering, or any kind of technical race that ha- that I will be running through the night, having the waist light in addition to my headlamp gives me better 3D vision instead of doing that washed out shadow thing. Yeah, so, so as an extra bonus. Yep, um, so I also do a Princeton Tech Apex headlamp uh, as my main light source because it's like driving in a car. It's like essentially mm-hmm. daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gary Robinson posted a while ago, um, I think it was like in preparation for his first Barkley training, saying that having a super bright headlight headlamp also keeps him more alert. Because oh, yeah. when you when it starts to be darker, your body starts to produce more melatonin because yeah. it's time to go to sleep. So sure. having a bright headlamp can keep you more alert. That being said, if I'm not like running through the entire night, I will just wear use a black diamond, any one of their basic, just the front piece, no back battery pack. Because if you're going to carry like a light in your vest the entire time, you don't want to carry the Princeton Tech Apex, which is quite heavy it's so, with batteries. It's so heavy in your pack. It's not heavy on your head somehow. Yes. But you, it's heavy in your pack. Yep. So when it comes to, uh, we'll go to the face of the old shardy bastard. Um, when it comes to skin care, we are both people that are aging at an incredibly rapid rate because <laughs> we're ultra runners and we are ex- we're exposed to yes. the elements very frequently. We've noticed that not using SPF is, can be a dangerous thing. I would highly recommend using SPF uh, sunscreen of some kind, whether you're male or female. It's just a good habit to get into and like... You will see older trail runners that look like a finely aged leather bag. Yes. And that's because we are outside all the time. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I feel like it's one of those things that you should be doing anyways. But if you are a person who is outdoors as much as we are, me, And men, you you are not impervious. Mm -hmm. You should be wearing some kind of sunblock. Uh, It also can help, again, I'm... I'm a person who never wants to be tired. So if you wear a sunblock during a race, in particular one that has more exposure, I don't know about you, but like if I spend an entire day out in the sun, it makes me sleepy. I find that sunblock and not having that exposure to UV, it makes that impact less. Yeah. Uh, Pro tip. Don't put it above your eyebrows. Above your eyes. You don't need to put sunblock on your forehead typically because you're usually wearing some kind of headgear if it's a sunny day. And if you do put it on your forehead, it will just end up sweating into your eyeballs. Yeah, don't do it. Just wear a buff or a hat over your forehead. Yeah, it's really painful. So don't do that. Don't do Um, that. Sunglasses or eyewear. Uh, Eyewear, I'll say, uh, neither one of us is a contact or prescription eyeglass wearer. um, But I have heard enough about uh, wearing contacts to keep eye wetting drops on Mm -hmm. you, especially if you are doing 
dusty races mm-hmm. or night dusty races mm-hmm. or even going like full tilt and getting a pair of like prescription essentially like sport goggles mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's just one less thing to worry about. Um, for me, I was always averse to having anything touch my face until I met Gooder sunglasses, which really are like wearing nothing. Hello, Gooders. Good to meet you. <laughs> You're good, welcome. Good day. Good day, good old. Uh, yeah, so those are the only thing that work for me. Um, I can wear, I could wear them forever. Um, then they're, now I'm going to like uh, gonna reality check you a little bit. I feel like every single race or training run you ever do, you, you, I hear you ask aloud, I want to wear sunglasses, should I? And then answer yourself, I will take them off after yeah. 20 minutes yeah. and never put them back on. If I was at San Diego 100... I would never take them off. Okay. For any other race with little exposure, I don't need them. Okay. If there's any kind of tree cover, I don't wear sunglasses. Okay. I, um, I'm a person who wears sunglasses in the car if it's, even if it's like 90% overcast. I've also found that it is not worth wearing sunglasses while running. Mm-mm. It just, it traps a lot of heat in my eyeballs. Yeah, you're very, very sensitive about where heat stays. We'll move on down to the throat. Uh, so for me, a buff situation when it comes to a hot race is actually just as important as a oh, yeah. as a cold race. Very winter oriented right now because I of know. The met- but, but yes, in a summer race, I would take honest to god three buffs. I wear one on my head, one on my neck, and one on my wrist to wipe the sweat off of my face so that I'm not touching the salt all the time and then mm-hmm. making my nose and mouth burn. Um, so I'll wet the buff that's on my wrist and then I'll wipe my mouth and nose off with the wet part, which helps tremendously. They're very, very sensitive and Particularly skin. useful when you're so tired that you just pour water into your mouth and then and let you it like the run out of your mouth. Of running out of I, your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Weird, I have weird fetishes. One of mine is letting water run slowly out of my mouth so that I can cool down my chin. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> very, very yucky. <laughs> hey, I'm being real. I'm being, <laughs> if I could kick you in the crotch right now, I would. You could, but it wouldn't record. Son of a bitch. Uh, doesn't translate well. On the flip side, I've been also wearing two buffs. So I've been doing one to keep my head and ears warm and my neck warm. Right. And then also just as, essentially as a neck boogie cloth. Right. So yeah. in summer, so fall and spring, one buff. Winter and summer, three buffs. For me, because ice the head, ice the back of the neck, mm-hmm. ice the bra, or I don't know where boys put it. <laughs> <laughs> She's... <laughs> Ice the jock strap, eat the chips, drink the Coca-Cola, and move on. You know, like everyone does at every aid station. Yeah, but you can, I I don't think I've ever had a situation where I've thought, I have too many buffs. Buffs Mm -mm. are useful for everything. I went on a particularly long training run. Oh, yeah, they're good for butt wiping. I had a, I think it was actually while doing rim to rim to rim, I wore a buff as a, like, waist tube top because my pack was rubbing me weird. And my shirt kept getting, like, eaten by my vest. So it kept, like, so essentially I was running in a crop top. And then to keep my chafing at bay, I wore a buff around my waist to keep myself from getting rubbed. I've also done that. Myself from getting rubbed. <laughs> All you have to do to keep yourself from being rubbed is be you, girlfriend. <laughs> uh, so I want to move on down to the... F- We've made it to the neck! Yay! Yay! So I want to talk about fabrics when it comes to tops. Uh, so, you know, they always say in winter, cotton kills. Uh, it's a good way to get hypothermia because once cotton is wet, you're in big, big trouble. 
when it comes to summertime, what we have discovered, and this is kind of maybe in the last season for us, yeah. is realizing that if you wear a cotton t-shirt and you soak it, it's a it's a pretty awesome and this is like a, this is you. like an old school ultra runner. It is like nugget. This is not get cotton this wet. This is not keep something we have discovered, but uh, no, it's not our discovery. Yeah, but we've relearned it. We are not Columbus on this uh, on these lands, but uh, I would like to delete that. <laughs> nope, not gonna do it. I'm gonna. Well, have, I'm already gonna have plenty of editing to do on oh, this. I'm not gonna. Dear me. <laughs> anyway. But yes, cotton, we, cotton which is a big deep. surprise because we, you know, we've always worn tech fabrics. But the problem with tech fabric, there are actually a lot of problems with tech fabrics. I, and for I, me. I have admittedly veered away from wearing tech fabric. I, I, I was, I'm not wearing. I it hardly at all anymore. ever wear it because I feel like when it's hot, it tech fabric feels too warm for me. And when it's cold, I don't feel. I feel like as soon as it gets wet, wet it, it feels it, chilly. It feels too chilly. Yeah, it feels like a silk a silk blouse. Yeah. Yes, blouse. 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 <laughs> Blouse. But I digress. Uh, However, yeah. I have found that my kind of oh. golden combination okay. is some kind of wool blend shirt. Mm-hmm. I have I have this poor dear three-quarter zip uh, mountain hair. Mountain As they say in French. <laughs> mountain hardware uh, shirt, long sleeve shirt that I got at Burning River I when I ran it. Is. And it... Stay has wool in it? Yeah, it's a wool I should be wearing shirt. that way more. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. It stays warm even after it gets damp and it dries quickly. It's right so it's so convenient. I wear it literally from 20 degrees up until 50 degrees and I'm comfortable in it. So, not to be an elitist bastard, but I'm wearing some very lovely clothing recently. Trek Smith! Yeah. Uh, so I wear a, two different wool blend Tracksmith long sleeves. Should be part of their new ad campaign, me saying, Tracksmith! <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what they're going for right now, brand-wise. It's very on brand. Uh, for like, I don't know, super aloof, sort of preppy, kind of 80s throwback, very... Tricksmith! Yeah, that's it. That's right on the money. It's right bow, on the money. That's, I think that's what they're looking for as far as the brand is concerned. I'll let you keep talking about your shirt eventually, but nope. not quite yet. Tracksmith! Uh, anyway, so I've been wearing that, and also the Wazelle Flyout con- uh-huh. collection is very good for me. Um, so I wear that combo in winter, and then I wear a Patagonia Houdini on top. So as a non-Wazelle connoisseur, what does the Flyout... Unfortunately, there are... No fabrics I've ever found that compare to this specific fabric. So, so it what has is like, it a, like an octagonal perforation. Okay. Around very thin but double enforced textile. Okay, rapid fire questions. How stretchy is it? It's exceptionally stretchy. How breathable? It's exceptionally breathable. How soft is it? It is only medium soft. Does it pill? Never. Has it shrunk? No. Is it getting holes in it? Not at all. Only the time that I ran Barclays in one. Fair enough. How thick is it? It is... It. The thing is, it's hyper light. Like, you could hold it in your hand, it feels like peonies. Peonies? Feels like peonies. What if you have big, heavy peonies? <laughs> <laughs> feels like a pure peonies. Okay, okay. Uh, but it's as warm as my wool shirt. Huh. I cannot say enough about that what fabric. What is the neckline like on your current... Like- it is me- it's a medium crew. Okay. Not a throat grabber. Okay. Not a loose and flappy nightwear outfit. I hate a traditional crew neck on a shirt because it makes me feel like I have bad posture and, like, my neck slumps so far 
forward, no, but no. it's choking me. It, it might change your life. Okay. I have three. They're almost the only thing I wear. The Wazelle Flyer? Yes. Oh. It comes in a tank, a short sleeve, and a long sleeve. And I, I don't usually plug a product, but I will plug the shit out of this product. I feel like you have not told me before that you have three of those shirts. Like, maybe you were a little ashamed of it. I'm deeply ashamed because they're exceptionally <laughs> expensive and I should not have them. And when I got the last one, I might have four. I have four because I destroyed my blue no, one I, at BFC. I, I get it. And, like, this definitely goes in the category of, like, uh, I remember one episode we've done where we were giving advice where we were essentially, like, do whatever you want. Wear whatever's comfortable. Like, fi- like find the thing that you Except do and then when. do it. Well, no, but I feel like this is an example of that. Like, when you find clothes that you like and wear a shit ton, like, I should get another one of those Mountain Hardware shirts that the I'll Burning River shirt on. There we go. Um, like, buy and invest in that. I find so often that I buy, like, shitty capris because I like how they look. Yeah. Instead of buying another pair of warm weather tights yeah. that I end up wearing literally every, every single day. day. Every day. So it's like, I fi- I'll invest yeah. in a pair that I wear every single day. But yeah, then just feel like buy I... buy the nice thing. Yes. Buy the buy nice the, thing. If you're going to wear it a lot. The problem is, when you race a lot, you have a, sh- a schload of tech shirts. Yeah. And... Give them to Goodwill. I'm sorry. They're kind of useless at this yeah. point. Oh. I almost like wish they were going to be I know. Now when a race gives We're getting back cotton, to cotton tees. and a like, cotton blend shirt. Ooh. Oh, no. Like, we did that, uh, I won't say yeah. shitty Santa run. It was an awesome Santa run. I loved all the winter t-shirts yes. this year. So they had, like, a plain old soft cotton t-shirt. Oh, that green one. And I wear it to the gym at least once a week. And I love it. It is not... It is not uh, uh, flattering, but it is so comfy, and I like that it shows how sweaty I get because I'm like, I am working. I hard. did work. I did work. We went super off topic on fabrics. So that yeah, so shirts, uh, tank tops. I feel like we should talk Ooh. about tank tops a little. Okay, for me, it's a strictly five miles and under as a tank top, maybe even four miles and under. I would like to tell you, I uh, trigger warning, legitimate trigger warning. I'm going to tell you how much I weigh and how tall I am. So you can turn off right now if you don't want to hear that. Um, I am five foot nine and 160 pounds. And if I were a tank top, I will burn all of the loose skin underneath my arms and it will make me bleed. Literally bleed. Yeah. So I can't, I'm not a girl who can wear tank tops. Yeah. I, I'm not making a judgment call on what body I have. I'm just saying I know that I cannot wear uh-huh. them. And I, I I feel the exact same way. So I'll also give my height and weight just for reference. Because yeah. although, admittedly, we are not the we are not the most diverse two people. No, we're <laughs> to not. Have a conversation. We're not the most. We're not. So I'm five uh, eleven, almost six foot. Right now, I'm probably sitting around one ninety one, one ninety two maybe. Um, but at all stages of weight uh, and running and distances and stuff, I always want to wear a tank top because, as I've, we've already discussed, I'm a person who is very averse to getting too hot. Mm-hmm. Um, it is never worth it for me not to have sleeves uh, because yes. my armpits get chafed like a pair of, of thighs. And I will also say that at my very leanest, during San Diego 100, I was 144 and I could not wear a tank top because it burned the flesh of right. my chubbies yeah. off. And especially, like, if you add a vest to that, like, mm-hmm. it's, it just for me, it's near impossible. And I'm a person who would rather just have it covered in fabric than worry about looming the whole time. I also, I agree. And I, and you know what? I'm done longing to be Jen Shelton where I can just wear swooshy shorts in a tank and not have my flesh burn off. Mm-hmm. I'll never be that woman. So yeah. I'd like to share with you today, if you're a regular-assed woman... With a regular assed body, 
Wear a short sleeve shirt. Wear the thing that is going to keep you comfortable. Yes, I'm the whole sorry. Time. That's what I should say. Wear the thing that suits your body's needs. And uh, pro tip, uh, personally, I've found that cutting the sleeves off long sleeve shirts to the exact length that you need them. Looks way better. Ugh, it's so good because even some like cap sleeve women's shirts are too is short. not enough to cover my whole armpit. Yeah. Yeah. And the the Wazel short sleeve fly out is not an option for distance. Oh. Just so you know. All right. Uh, Sports bras. Sports bras. For me, uh, I am a very delicate baby. I need to have a seamless sports bra. I have two seamless sports bras. I bought them four years ago. Roadrunner Sports no longer makes them or carries them. The older they get, the better they work. Old shaggy boobs McGee. Oh, let's see. Trotting on. Old shaggy boobs. I always figured out what she means. She means old shaggy boobs. Yes, I, I can't wear anything else. When, if I go mm-hmm. over 10, I have to wear the old saggy boob. And when those bras disintegrate, I'm going to quit running. Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. So little do you know that I've sourced a bunch of old oh, sports God. bras through eBay. Whatever. So I would lay down forever. and kiss your feet if someone had those things. I also do uh, like the cheapest, meshiest, no seams sports bras, essentially just to keep my nipples from getting rubbed off. Sure. Yeah. Uh, again, we do not re- represent a big portion of women, which is like if we actually had bigger boobs, we like, might have better feedback for you. But yeah, we, so we ain't got no titties. So bigger, bigger boobed or boobed women, <laughs> chime on in. Yeah. When it comes to vests, um, I have tried pretty much everything and taken it yeah. all back. I mean, I've probably bought six vests and taken back four of them. We've gone through a lot, so I, I, I. I started out with a Nathan vest, like the old school the thing. The original with big wubbies. Stra- yes. With the straps on the side. You got your first one for Christmas, and it was those fantastic colors. So I would cute. still like to have the vest in those colors. Did your dad, mom and dad give that yeah, for you? Yeah, did. It's really it was bright blue and hot pink. It was, those colors are so good. It's like your first bike. It I know. It's bright blue and hot pink. <laughs> I would literally... That it sparkles. And literally the colors that I want my hair to be. Yeah. So, yeah. I want to see those colors. Mine was white. Yeah, I remember. I'm a filthy person, and I thought, if I can bleach it, I'll keep it clean. It had, and when you gave it to me, when you handed because it down the, to me. Because the answer is always an item from the Lang household. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I ended up wrapping white medical tape around it so it wouldn't <laughs> chafe me. So it basically looked like a, a dirtied bandage from, from top to bottom. I mean, is it not? It is a dirty is bandage. Is it not? Yeah. So what I've landed on is, for me personally, I have two options, and that is a looped course type of option where I don't want to be wearing a handheld, but I would like to have a light pack on. And I wear the Solomon five set. Five set. I think it's set ultra set. No sense. Advanced skin. The sense set. No, I wrote this down. I should have kept it. The brand new five set. It's called the something sense sense pro perhaps. I don't know. It's very low profile. This is not just us. Solomon has, and this has been called out in many other media mediums. Solomon's naming conventions are very confusing, but it's Solomon's newest five set. Yes, vest. yes, and it's super, super low profile. It looks like a shirt in the back, but you can stuff a whole, I would say, a whole down jacket into it. And Solomon does their mesh really well because it's it nice is fabric. both soft um, while still being resilient. That's true. Um, so it's got the two, what I call the booby pouches, which mm-hmm. are flasks, soft flasks in the front. So that's my, my short run sort of like looped. I don't want to be touching anything, but I want to have hydration on me. And then my long 
my long-term vest for By any... the way, I feel like I don't know what your long-term vest is, and that makes me feel like we're yes, not as do. good of friends as I, I thought we were. I already named it today. It's the Ultimate Direction uh, Ultra Vesta. By... You consider that longer distance than the five set. It's extremely long distance. Oh. For me, that is everything that I need it to be. What is... So what do you use the Ultra Vesta... Like, what's the for cutoff loop. between using the five set and using the Ultra Vesta? Basically, any training run is an Ultra Vesta. Or, no, sorry. Any training run for me is the five set. Okay. Because, well, because I'm doing looped courses, like high banks. I can't remember like, the last time that you wore the Ultra Vesta. I wore it to Showblub. You did not. I did. You did not. I think I did. I, I, yes, I absolutely did because I had a bladder in. And, the, and a bladder doesn't fit in the five set. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. I was oh, my wearing, gosh. I'm wearing a blue pack. Check the records, bitch. Okay, continue. Um, so for me, the benefits of the Ultra Vesta are that it's actually built for women. It comes with a hair tie. Not No small feet. Thank you, Jenny Jurek, who was uh, critical in designing this vest. What the actual fuck? You're wearing the Ultra Vesta. I know Vesta I am. I know what I wore to Showblope. It was long. It's terrifying so, to me. Here's okay. something very groovy about this vest is that it comes with seams that are essentially they are made of velvet. It is the only pack that I can wear for a short time with no shirt on without being burned. It is also it has so many good pockets. The pocket it does. placement is really it good. It does. It's kind of like a long distance hiking pack and that the the low front pouches are so big that you could probably... I mean, I can fit six servings of food in each of them. Like which is three bomb. sneakers? Like three sneakers Three apiece. sneakers. Legitimately. I can fit six goos in each of those pouches. So uh, for me, that, pou- that pack does everything that I needed to do. It's buttery soft. It has a shitload of capacity. Um, and it just looks nice. It does look nice. And I, uh, I actually tried to wear that vest, and I wanted that vest to work out so badly. Uh, this is... I don't know if this is limited to just me. It's possible, but the the it has so many fantastic pockets on it. But the front uh, is a little bit longer than I'm yes, used to. Yes, the low to. pockets bother you. I don't have a very long torso in in uh, comparison to the rest of my body, and my hips are out quite a bit from my waistline. The the pack being so long, it was like uncomfortable. It was like starting to dig into my stomach because it was longer. And I, I, I've actually heard a man reference this happening to him. So I know it's not just limited to me where if the pack is long enough in the front and it like flops you over mm-hmm. and over again, mm-hmm. it gives you like little like rib crampies yeah. from, from getting like yeah. slapped in the front. So sure. I had that vest for... I think a week or two and then ended up returning it, but I wanted it to work because the pocket design is flawless. And I'm, I'm built more square than Annie, um, for be- not, not better or worse. I am built more square. And so they sit on me very yeah, flat for sure. Um, and it also, if I remember correctly, does it have the front pole holders? I think Maybe? it, ha- I think it has pole holders that are in the front, which that's another thing that is super, super I don't convenient. remember that part, but I don't carry poles sure. that I put them in my hands. Um, I currently, my vest of choice that I've used for everything is the Nathan Howe vest, which is the, um, one that Stephanie Howe designed. I think the, the newest version is called something is it else. The yeah, it's the Vapor Howe is the one yeah. that I have. Um, but I think they called it, I think they called the newest version something else maybe, but I find that that fabric is so awesome. So I had the Solomon 5 set and the Solomon 12 set for a really long time. It's accidentally summoned me. 
Yes, we yes, did. Yes, we did. Uh, <laughs> and the the only problem with the Solomon vest is that the piping at the bottom of the vest digs into me. It oh, like yeah. curves in Oh, yeah, a little that bit. is an issue. So the best thing about the Nathan Howe vest is that there is no piping. There's essentially like not a seam at the bottom. Yes. It's just It's very ends. floppy. It just ends. Yes. Um, there are certainly some durability things that come along with the vest being so soft. To me, they're completely worth it. A safety pin keeps my cell phone pocket closed. Um, yeah, I've used it for orienteering. I've used it for really long stuff. It's super stretchy. It's super adjustable. Um, I just like a lot of different things about it. So uh, that's my current setup. And I just have one, actually, which... That's very unusual. You're usually over yes. with a lot of gear. Yeah. And we're, we're a vest-heavy family. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Oh, and I'd like to go back really quick to the um, five-set ultra sense. Whatever the hell it's called. Pro XT. Yeah, Solomon's five set. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to wear during the summer because the pack, which is uh, very much shaped like an actual, like, let's say it would be shaped like a men's vest that goes under a suit jacket, and it rides as high as the back of a men's collared shirt would. And so it touches the back of my neck. Yeah. So in the summertime, it goes up above my t-shirt line, and that's not okay. So it's that's more of a winter pack for me. Yeah. Just... Wanted to throw that out there because we're t- we're we've decided to have this episode be like deep dive on just gear, not talking about anything else really. Gear and setup stuff. Um, we should also talk about bladders. So uh, we both use two liter bladders. Yep. Um, because if you are doing long enough that you need to have a full bladder, just do the two liters. Just and do just it. Either fill it a quarter or a half full. I use the one that has come with the Nathan vest, which is a Hydro Flask, mm-hmm. um, which is just the straight slide bar across the top. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used the, I don't know what they're called, where they have the screw off. Yeah. So that's kind of like the Osprey packs have the yeah. center. Uh, a ca- oh, Camelback. Camelback, Camelback has also one like does, that. Uh, where it's flat. Uh, it's flush against the front of the bladder itself, and you have to unscrew it like you would a gas cap. Mm-hmm. Which is touted as being faster. I found that I've never found that way to be faster. Nor do I find the slide bar across the top to be faster. I don't like either one of them, but in retrospect, I would say that the gas cap opener is better because it has such a big hole that you can actually dump your tailwind yeah. into. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't. I know a lot of people have moved towards having flasks because bladders are a pain in the butt. I completely agree. Every time I have to refill a bladder, it drives me a little crazy, but I, with my hydration and nutrition schedule, it's impossible to not have a two liter uh, bladder on me, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, get good with your bladder and also consider modifying your hose length and your, uh, nozzle. So I have a camelback, I think it's called like a camelback big mouth nozzle. I do too. Um, and that that makes a difference because yeah, if you want a high level of flow, yeah, because the actual original camelback bite valve is a very slow flow. Yep. Um, and I'm giving you permission to modify your gear, modify your gear, cut your hose. Yes. Your hose shouldn't slap you in the chest while you run. It should be static wherever you put it. Mm -hmm. I think I ended up cutting Gosh, probably I, like I half a like, foot. Oh, I cut like yeah, five to six inches off of mine. Yeah, and it really helps because you're gonna ha- you're gonna set up your vest the one way. You don't need to keep extra hose on no. hand, and you can always replace it. Um, and things like using a rubber band to tie it down in places where it flops around, make it work for you. Also, Same thing with your pockets. Like sew stuff tighter yep. if it needs to be yep. tighter. Replace elastic if you need to replace mm-hmm. elastic. You know, put a patch on it. 
Left yeah. a pin on it. Yeah, don't destroy it and throw it away. Uh, also, if you're orienteering, make sure that you remove the magnet that holds oh, your yeah. water hose on the front of your pack. This is a pretty obscure thing. So uh, This is a real deep niche it, it here, is. but if you're an orienteer, yes, it's worth take noting. the magnets off or of your pack. It, I feel like if it's worth mentioning. So Lauren has mentioned before that having a magnet on your uh, bladder hose to connect to your pack, that's been like a long-standing thing. For yeah, that's what, just... mount, that's what mountain bikers are yes. used to because the Osprey packs work that yes. way. Most mountain biker packs work that way. Yeah, so the Nathan Howe vest, when I got it, I was like, sweet, the the hose connects to the vest with a magnet. And not thinking about the implications of orienteering, which, as I call it, is find out where Annie has a magnet hidden on her body. <laughs> so, yeah, pop the magnets out of yeah, there because be that will that. impact your compass readings. Moving on down to your drawers, Lokesh. Let's talk about undies. Is there any waist stuff we need to consider? Jackets. We didn't talk about jackets, bro. Let's go back up. Okay. You said that you, uh, over your flyknit shirts, you wear a Houdini jacket? Pa- Patagonia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, it's basically a second skin. Yeah. I have a, I'm going to call it a shitty, but it's not a shitty, a shitty champion uh, fleece paneled windbreaker that Andy got for my birthday like three years ago that I have worn on the regular for almost all of my runs. So it is just a regular windbreaker, but has like uh, some light fleece lining like in the chest area. Um, So all this to say, your ideal windbreaker layer doesn't necessarily have to be Patagonia or North Face. (laughs) It doesn't have to be fancy. Find the thing that matches with your temperature profile. Sure. But I would also like to warn you that you need less than you think you do. And the first mile is the hardest. Everyone knows. So I've found that when it comes to 30 degree weather, two long sleeve shirts is all you need. And if there's precipitation, then two long sleeve shirts and a shell. You should dress. You should dress to not sweat. Yes. After passing, I don't know how many people this last weekend wearing sweatshirts. I just thought essentially you're just dressing warm enough for you to keep your sweat warm enough. Yes. And also you're making yourself heavier and more, I mean, the people you see on the bike path are not going to catch hypothermia. They're just going to go home. I've, I have heard the rule of thumb that you should dress for it to be 20 degrees warmer. So for example, if you're going to go out for a run and it's 40, you would dress like it was a normal 60 degree That's day. That's right on the money for me. That's um, right on the money for me. I also find that you should start, t- one, you should make layers easy to get off. So mm-hmm. making sure that you don't put on jackets under vests, just throw it on over your vest. Yes, you'll look like a hunchback or a teenage mutant ninja turtle. Fuck it. We all do. Fuck just it. be that person. What hump. Yes. Or uh, you should make sure that you are, I almost want to say, almost uncomfortably cold, like the first mile yeah. and a half. I would say the first nine minutes, you should yeah. be like, <laughs> Yeah, and if you start out and you're warm and comfortable right when you start, you need to be very cognizant of removing layers and unzipping things mm-hmm. before you even get, like, the tiniest yes. mist of you sweat. You don't want to start trapping sweat inside your your shell layer. Yep. Good on the jackets, jackets. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Peonies. Peonies! (laughs) For me, I have to wear uh, something that has no seams. For me, that's the Patagonia, basically whatever sport underwear they make. They make a couple different versions. I have every version that they make. I have the commit to the tit version. I have the sassy, sexy lowriders. I have all the versions. Just for a glossary, the commit 
commit to the tit level means that your pants or underwear are so high waisted or that you're just pulling up them pulling them up that far that they go to the bottom up, up the base to of your sports bra. Of your boobs. Yes, yeah. yes. So a very high waist, Ver- if you will. Yeah, I've got I think I might be wearing this right no, that's yesterday. It's fine. If you want to see if you're wearing those underwear, just look down your shirt because you'll be able to see them there. <laughs> so if you ever on a run with us and you hear commit to the tit, it means that we are pulling our tights up to, to our, our boobs. Yes. Um, and since we're in the panty region, let's talk about buttholes. Oh, let me talk about panties first. Panties. Uh, I am wearing, uh, I, the only underwear that I found that I like are the New Balance hipsters. They're like, they're called the New Balance like uh, seamless hipsters they essentially again that whole idea of not having seams on the edges yes i actually tried to do the patagonia run undies yeah and i couldn't stand the seams there were seams in yours oh the new versions are not as good as the old versions so buy them used on ebay (laughs) how about buy them on ebay maybe not used on ebay i didn't mean it yeah yeah uh so yeah so undies situation like also i should uh, I shouldn't anything. I shouldn't say this. I historically have been a person who has not run with underwear. I do not like underwear at all Yay! because it's just another thing that rubs. Yay! It's just another there's layer a seam to wear on the inside of everything. I, I know. I don't like wearing underwear. I have finally uh, relegated myself to the fact that I will need to wear underwear because it is... It's convenient for a lot of reasons and one of them is that I've started to wear holes in my Oh, well, then that's extremely important to you. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's it's not really. Um, but yeah. also, also, it makes, uh, like, clothing at races easier to manage. So being able to, like, change, change out? my underwear yeah. but not have to change my pants or yeah. whatever. How do you do that? <laughs> How do you change your underwear without that's, changing your pants? That's next week's episode. Okay. Called Magic with Burf Barf. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, let's talk about buttholes now. Cast a prestidigitation on my underwear. Let's talk about buttholes. Talk about buttholes. Uh, yeah, so desitin is something that you actually definitely need if you're going to run a race that is more than 40 degrees outside, and actually, basically any race at all that is over a 50K, you should put desitin between your butt cheeks. Yep. You don't need to put it inside your butthole. Yeah, don't fill up your butt. It's not get it, crazy that we to have to tell you this. To quote Andy, get it on the bullseye the first time. Oh. It's not that, I mean, it's not that easy if you're using other means than your fingers. No. Uh, so it just kind of works as a, a good base layer for your butt. You absolutely have to do it. Don't kid yourself unless, I mean, even if you're the skinniest dude in the world, I don't know, maybe they don't do it, but if they don't... No, they do. How? I mean, it, and it makes sense. If you're trying to be, if you're going to go long or you're trying to be faster, it makes it easier to wipe after you go poop. Yep. It makes... It makes your the salt between your butt cheeks not grind until you yep. scream in the shower the next day. Uh-huh. Uh, it keeps your hair, more, your butt hair more pliable. Oh, my God, where did we go? Because it was so wiry and bendy before. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Like, you know, condition with the skin. We need no. to get out of this section no, of the fine. old shorty uh, vest. No, but we are gonna we are gonna be very specific. So Destin on the butthole for me, Vaseline towards the front of my crotch, mm-hmm. and then I use Tri Slide, which is a spray that was recommended actually by Alan Fry, which uh, I mm. had never considered before or thought about spray lube i think it's originally designed to apply before like triathletes put on their wetsuits 
Um, but the nice thing about Tri-Slide is one convenience of application. So the fact that it's a spray bottle, uh, as a person who has seen many a man with his hands down his pants, lubing mm -hmm. his nuts, mm -hmm. I don't begrudge you that. No. But it is easier to just use a spray bottle yes. so that you don't then have to clean your hand afterwards. It also helps with group application. Yes. So having a communal bottle of Tri-Slide. Oh my god, how many times have you rolled in the aid station and seen the extra large <laughs> jug of Vaseline with a popsicle stick in it and you just look at it, it's right next to the potato chips there's and you're no, just like, who I, I is, know. please there's, don't, there's don't not, touch there's it. There's not enough gloves in the world. There's not enough anything. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how hygiene oriented a race population is, they're not. Someone comes up next to you and while you're sticking your hand in the Lay's potato chips, sticks their hand in a bucket of Vaseline and then touches their balls. That's what ultra running is so, like. Yeah. So so try slide. I would highly recommend uh, for group situations and for also group for, sex. Yes, and running, <laughs> and for mid race applications. So if you're a person that needs a touch up, try slide is super helpful. Also, her husband Andy Lang has offered to make a tanning booth in which you get sprayed down on your whole body with try slide, which has always really appealed to I me. Know. Doesn't that, that sound great? It sounds great, and then you just like run out of that tent and then uh -huh. onto a slip and slide yep. nude. Yep. I, I'm sorry. Fastest known time. Uh, I don't I don't feel bad about this because you talked about the pliability of butthole hair. So <laughs> I'll go wherever I want with Good. my full body Continue. lube. For me, it's Two Toms rollable. Two oh, Toms. That's also Burf good. Barf, sponsored by Two Toms. Uh, bur Burf Barf. Yeah, no, Two Toms. Uh, I put that on my underarms. Mm -hmm. I put that any place where a seam touches me. I put it underneath my sports bra. I put it in the creases of my... Thighs? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's my, essentially, that's my Vaseline. I also have done that for toes. Toes. Yeah. Before I put on my Njinji's, I cover each toe cap in two mm -hmm. toms rollable. There is a lot of, I, I honestly, I've never met a lube I didn't like for oh, something. Oh, really? I have. Yeah. I'm sorry. And I'm sure every podcast in the world is sponsored by them. But for me, Squirrel Nut Butter is essentially the chapstick brand oh. of lube. Basically, it's like putting something on that either, like, crisps up and disintegrates into a puff into the wind oh. or it just becomes like a kind of dry gummy substance that just rubs you raw so i feel like i'm all about the application and so the squirrel nut butter little like underarm deodorant stick yeah. is like super convenient for, for well, me i love maybe i, I love it, a squirrel's nut in my armpit well for me it doesn't go anywhere else huh. ever um i feel like each loop has each lube has its pros and cons. Like, for example, I think the best thing about two toms is that it seemingly lasts forever. Mm -hmm. Like, you can put on two toms yeah. and it will it's still like be It's like indestructible yes. baby oil. Squirrel's Nut Butter is like a lotion that you can put on over yeah. and over and over That's and over like, and over again. I mean, like, chapstick brand. You yeah. know, like, when you put chapstick on, you're like, well, I'm going to need that in 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing I want to mention in the lube category is specifically two toms butt shield wipes. Yes, also so they critical come, for yeah, long so, distance. So they come in individual packets, so it's a really good just like vest stash. Um, and it was actually recommended by a friend for like removing debris mm -hmm. while while lubing the area. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you're a person who gets a salty butt, mm -hmm. um, because salt like on a long run, whether it's hot or whatever, can create some serious chafing issues. Mm -hmm. If you can remove the salt while additionally lubing the area, because if you just apply lube on top of salt, you're just creating a medium for it to cheap you yeah. more, essentially. Yeah. Um, so highly Lush recommend makes that. You can buy it in little tubs. 
Yes, that's a that's a facial mask that's that exfoliates. That takes your flesh off. So yes, two, tom, two toms, butt shield wipes. And yes, specifically butt shield wipes. The sport wipes also work, but the butt shield wipes are pH balanced for your butthole. For your butthole's pleasure. Oh, uh, other gear butt stuff. Yeah, your butt's really important during an ultra. You should know this. Uh, having a little Ziploc baggie of baby wipes. Always. Forever. Don't go without them. Period. I, I, yeah, I'm going to like overshare on someone's behalf. Uh, oh, no. Uh, just, they already know. Yeah, they no, already know about the Charlie I, Brown tree. I, I know, but I... No, no, not that. I heard uh, I heard an, an individual talking about, like, carrying an old shirt with them when going on long runs for, like, just in case a wiping sitch came up. Okay. And you you should carry biodegradable baby wipes. Uh, yes, you should. Yeah. Yes. Moving right along to pants parts. Yeah. Underwear, butthole, pants. Yeah. Pants. So for me, I'm also a girl that, in the same way that I can't wear tank tops, I can't wear short shorts. Me, me as well. And I think you even can get away with slightly shorter shorts than I can. I, I, I'm suffering. Man. I'm suffering for fashion. Man, dude. Don't joke. I, I would love to wear shorter shorts because there are some really hot. Sm- I would love to wear the, um, like the high cut baggies that you see like cross country mm-hmm. runners yeah. wearing. I've got them. I have to wear like the new <laughs> bike shorts, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to lean into whatever feels the most comfortable. Now, granted, I, I will say, if you are committed to wearing shorter shorts, loot, you got lube lube to lube that stuff up. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people in races wearing, like, the short, uh, like, liner running shorts with with visual visible like, chafing marks yeah, on their like, thighs. Like it looks like fresh scabs yeah. on the inside and of their I'm thighs. Just too, I'm just too lazy to do that. So I I have found that having a longer pair of elastic slash compression shorts is just like A plus plus. Like I don't have to worry at all about doing that. And I don't know if you have a specific kind of pant that you like. Uh, I do have a specific kind of shorts. So I oh, okay. I used to like uh, old navy uh, shorts. Like, yeah, <laughs> I I think I've run ha- half plus of my hundred milers in old navy bike shorts. Wow! But yeah. you also did saw your thighs off that one time with old navy shorts. No, those were, were road runner, runner shorts. shorts. Yeah, because it. you have the same ones. Yeah, the shark bike pants. Yeah, uh, I and I would say uh, so doing the longer bike shorts, and I tend to like. Well, no, I take that back. I'll leave this next piece of advice for pants. Pants. Oh, uh, for me, uh, <laughs> I had, <What's> that? <laughs> no, I had, I bought them on a, uh, a biking website five years ago for $39 and I wore them for four straight winter seasons and they were fleece lined long black pants and, uh, and I ran them into the ground and they were perfect. So oh. they were super, super, super dirt cheap for, for running pants. Now I'm kind of flip floppy. I wear and those were your warm. Those are my warm. Your warm running tights. Yeah. Okay. And right now my warm and cool, like warm and cool, long running pants are Victoria's Secret, and here's why. Sorry, this is not helping men. They are constructed so beautifully and so intensely, their seams never rip. And they have very. Thick, durable fabric. It's kind of unbelievable. Uh, For not being an athletic wear company, they make the best they do a athletic really good pants job. that I've ever owned. Uh, my uh, pants of choice are the Nike Epic Lux 
tight. Oh, those are very fancy. That's these. Huh. Uh-huh. Never mind. <laughs> yes. I, and the only reason why you say that is because I have a pair of black, like, what are they, leopard, cheetah print, mm-hmm. black and gray animal mm-hmm. cat, mm-hmm. Pr- big game cat print yeah. <laughs> that I've worn the absolute shit out of for the last five plus years. Yeah. And then I have another pair of, like, black and white silly pattern ones that I alternate them with a lot uh, because they come with a drawstring in them, mm-hmm. which is my piece of advice that I was going to say for shorts. Mm-hmm. Whatever pants you get must have a drawstring. Yes. yes. I, I, anytime I buy a pair of pants that don't have a drawstring in them, I instantly regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, good news is most pants you can cut two little holes in the waistband. And mm-hmm. it is double fabric, so you can slide a waistband or uh, a, an old shoelace. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I've done it. I've done it it's, a bunch. It works it's, fine. It's so helpful. Like, I have to have a drawstring in my pants. Um, but, yeah, Nike Epic Lux tights. This is one of those, like, you're going to wear the ever-loving shit out of them. Spend the yeah. $50 Understood. to get to get a pair of them. My cold weather tights have alternated between a couple of things. Currently, it's a pair of New Balance fleece-lined fleece pants. Um, uh, I should also mention we don't have to do a deep dive, but uh, I wear a lot of capris because it just there's a lot of flexibility there between being able to wear knee-high socks and capris uh, for, like, orienteering. Um, but yeah, highly recommend that too. Find the link that works for you as long as it's down to your knees. Socks. Socks. You have a very special fondness for Drymax socks. I do. Uh, I did in Gingies for a while and just found that I have like, I have these little weird curly, <laughs> curly toes. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just found that wearing in Gingies, uh, it I would get like dirt or mud or whatever caked underneath my toes and it just it just was not comfortable. And I found that I had more friction when wearing in gingies, which doesn't make any sense. It's counter- counterintuitive to everyone else. But yeah, a good pair of dry max socks and moisture management has ended up being key for me. But I do I do lube my toes, as I mentioned. So I do too. I yep. do too. Uh for me, even though in gingies work for me, I am also a big fan of just a medium weight wool wool running sock because yeah. winter spring summer and fall this is what drains the best and even it doesn't it really doesn't keep moisture like another like any kind of other poly blend sock does yeah um it's funny i feel like as uh i've done more running i feel like moisture management has become the key factor that's mm-hmm. important to me mm-hmm. and that the temperature management is almost like secondary to that because mm-hmm. i feel like i have i have garments that uh, keep me warm or keep me cold or keep me cool well, but as soon as they become wet, they, the, it's like, they're, yeah, their value is ruined. Yeah, it's like, you. Yeah. no, the moisture management piece is key, yes. and the temperature regulation is second. That is it's the same for me thing, too. It's the same yeah, thing with socks. Because I run BFC and a pair of wool socks, and even though it's hot as fucking balls out there, it's the sock that keeps my foot the most dry, and it has the right amount of cushioning, yeah. and it just wicks better than anything else. And man, I always like, Oh God! When you get like a new demo pair of socks, like uh, we uh, we got like a free pair of socks when you and I went and talked at a thing, mm-hmm. and they were like so cushy. Oh, those things! And, yes. Oh my God! I I love a cushy pair of socks, but like I wear them for more than like twenty five minutes, and they're soaking wet, and I'm just yeah. I, I know what socks you're talking yeah. about, and they don't work for me. Yeah. Like they have a lot of 
fibers on the interior, uh-huh. and so they look soft, and yeah. they do they do like a nice absorption when mm-hmm. you step on them. Oh, and they, I mean, they feel good and luxurious. They just but don't work for me for yeah. long distance. We're just that not those kind of women. We aren't those kind of bitches. We need dry socks. Yeah, ew. Gators. Gators. Uh, dirty girl. Dirty girl. Gators is one of the cheapest, most customizable, most fun. simple and f- like simply built and fun pieces of equipment you can, you can make. When do you wear gaiters? I wear gaiters when it's going to be um, any kind of rocky or crumbly or dusty day. A dusty day is actually one of the key times that you should wear them, even if you feel like you have a pretty clean route, because getting dust inside the shoe can actually cause a lot of grit and a lot of abrasion. Um, so even if it looks like it's a pretty uncomplicated trail, if it's you've got a dusty day, wear your gaiters. Uh, I've also found it's helpful on some muddy excursions, and it's also just a nice way to keep your laces tidy. Oh, yeah. So, like, we've talked about uh, when going, like, off-trail and doing stuff like that, where the tree branches essentially untie your shoes for you. Constantly. Having a gator kind of locks everything down. It keeps your shoelaces in place. If if you're a person like me, I, I, I want my shoelaces to be tied, like, as loosely as possible. Yeah. So I treat gaiters more like suspenders for my shoes. Yeah, you're a sloppy <laughs> shoe girl. Yes, I'm a sloppy shoe girl. Um, so, yeah, I like wearing gaiters. Even though I've gotten away from wearing gaiters as often as I used to. Me too. Um, I would certainly encourage uh, you, if you have not tried wearing a pair of gaiters before, to try them out. Because they're, I mean... I think they're less than 20 bucks. Yeah, they're really affordable. And they legitimately are fun to purchase. They they're come cute. all these ridiculous prints, and yeah. it's just fun. Yeah. When it comes to shoes, I have uh, a couple go-tos for me now. Um, I prefer a larger toe box, and I can't really run in ultras anymore because I find them to be too pliable and the foam to be too squishy. So I run in the New Balance Hero, and I run in every iteration of that shoe. And for me, it's just the right amount of firmness. Would you say and... that the New Balance Hero is your hero? I can take away a pain. <laughs> um, yeah, it does. It keeps the blisters away. For me, it's the right amount of rigidity in the midsole. It's the right amount of toe splay in the box. And it's also constructed really strong. Do you wear a wide? No. Okay, they come in wide though, don't they? They come in wide, and for me, I like a wide shoe, and yeah. they're wide enough as they are. Yeah. So the, it's H-I-E-R-R-O, Hero, not the way uh, Enrique Iglesias wants to tell you about it. Do you not know how to spell Hero? They <laughs> <laughs> hate you. So that's my trail go-to. What is your road go-to? My road go-to is... Uh, oh, I, I feel like you should you should do any special mentions on trail shoes. Oh, I have a special mention. And that is a weird little friend I like to, you know, play around with on the weekend sometimes. And that is Your the, side piece. Yeah, is the Adidas uh, high-topped weirdos. The Adidas high-top weirdo boost. Yes, the trail boost. They don't make them anymore, right? They don't. And my good friend Wilf bought me a few pairs of them, and it turns out... So they have Continental is their... Um, is their tread. Which is a tire manufacturer. Right. And it's the same thing that you would get on like a, um, what's the name of the most famous? Vibram. Vibram. So it's it's another kind of style of the Vibram sole, which is Continental Tire. And it is by far the grippiest sole I've ever used. And it's just the right amount of lug. It's the right amount of size. It's the right amount of placement of lug. Did you Barkley Fall Classic in those? Yes, I did. And it, it never hurt me. And I could descend like a wizard on slippery, loose rock. So that's an agile shoe for me. And it's definitely not a 50-plusser because it's uh, it doesn't have a rock plate. 
but you can put rock plates in. Um, so for me, it's a little bit just too too floppy by, by itself, and it's definitely a 30 and under kind of shoe. Sure. So I'll do my uh, trail shoes. So currently, I am running in the Hoka Speed Goats, and I've been running in them for the past three versions. Uh, I stayed away from Hoka's like the plague because they are so narrow. I, uh, I don't know how many... I still can't wear them, frankly. I... If Ultra and Hoka's could have a baby, I it would, be I, would the I could run forever. I'd be running I mean, right now. There's a meme I wouldn't about be talking it. to you. I'd be running. Goodbye. Um, there are so many things that I love about Hoka's. So a lot of their versions are too narrow of a, a base for me. Uh, the Speed Goats are wide enough and have a big enough toe box that I've been successful. I have found that just like drawstrings in my pants, I must have a shoe with a Vibram sole. I cannot. I I have found that I. I need to have grip on my trail shoes that helps me keep my footing on wet rocks. I feel like that is like the litmus test for it me. It is. It's like mud, most shoes can handle that. Sure. Sand, whatever, mm-hmm. dirt, most technical things. Rock. Wet rock is where you determine like, and, and this might be an East Coast thing, but like, man, I can't tell you how many pairs of shoes I've had where they've been perfect in every other scenario, mm-hmm. and I get to some race that has half of the course on wet rocks, mm-hmm. and I'm worrying about face planting. And I would frankly say that the heroes are not not for that. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, so I love the Speed Goats um, as my trail shoe. They're obviously very cushy. Uh, I do have a pair of New Balance Summits that mm. I use for orienteering. And it's kind of the same version as your special mention with the Adidas, where it is not the shoe that you want to run long in because it is responsive and not well cushioned. I, that's what I wear for orienteering as well. Yes. Are those also called the KOMs? Yes. Summits. The KOM Summits? That's what I wear for orienteering yes. as well. I don't the know how we didn't notice we were in the same shoes, yes. but we are. Um, because the lugs on them, oh. Yeah, they're tight. They're sexy. Tight, they're tight, sexy tight. lugs. Um, and they, one of the best things, I love Hoka and I love, uh, ultras. They definitely have, nobody else is going to refer to Hoka's as boutique but, uh, the great thing about New Balance is they come in every fucking size. Yeah. Pretty much every version. They're also just indestructible, man. Yeah, they They're are. They're tough-ass shoes. After spending $130 on a pair of ultras and having them last for a month and a half over and over. They just wear up quickly. Whew, it can be nice to have a pair of New Balances that sure. you can wear until you're just tired of looking at them. For sure. Uh, so I think we've gone head The Brooks Glycerin is my road oh, shoe. Oh, yeah, road shoes, yes. The Brooks Glycerin is my road shoe for long, long distance uh, flat or road-ish terrain. Ooh, I should ask. What are you wearing for Ohio Backyard for your road shoe? I'm going to wear the Brooks Glycerin. Do you go a size up? I do, at least. At mm. least. Okay. Yes. And then on the trails, I'm going to wear the Adidas because they're just the right the amount Adidas. of... The Adidas? Yes, oh, I am. Yes, I okay. am. Okay. Huh. I think that's super interesting. Um, I am currently in search of my perfect road shoe. So for me, it's the last glycerin because the new glycerins are too narrow. Oh. I know. Are, Stop. Are our feet medicine. getting wider? Like, I... I am just... I'm Barney Rubble. I don't know. I essentially want, like, just, like, a circle of upper. Yeah. <laughs> and a circle of lower. Me, like, I, I, I don't want the... I don't want the shoe to touch my foot. No, I want moon boots with laces. Yeah. I do think we're getting closer to a moon boot with laces with all of the knit uppers. Mm-hmm, so, like, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. you know, 
as soon as you can 3D print a shoe for my foot, I'm going to be happy. But yes, yeah, so I'm currently in search of my road shoe uh, next up for trial. And that is probably going to be my matches the Hoka Clifton's. Um, I really love the New Balance Vongo, and for whatever I love reason, the oh, I love it's I, perfect. I, I recommend it's a perfect shoe. I would. It's it's just a good like all around shoe. It is, and it's good to like wear to work. And it's my me, gym shoe. Yeah, it's my wa- it's and, my farting around and shoe. And it's such a nice. It's such a nice uh, contrast to all my other shoes. Yeah. Where all my other shoes, it's like. What does that woman use those shoes yeah. for? Like, is she a nurse? Yeah, exactly. Or, and those, I, and those no, Frankenstein yes, boots are or, terrifying. Yes, or, uh, yeah, most... The Vongos make us feel sexy. Yeah, m- which, when you see Vongos, there is nothing special about no, them. They just, just don't look like profile. fucking garbage. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you get real used to looking like fucking garbage when you yeah. run the big ones. Yeah, so uh, next up is to try the Hoka Clifton's because I know I need a lot of cush for the road section of Ohio backyard. Fuck a Hoka. Fuck a Hoka. That's what I'd like to say about that. Yeah. I wish. So we've gone to the top, to the bottom of the old shardy bastard. From the windows to the walls. To the sweat. Drop down the balls of the OSB. I feel like as soon as we stop, we're going to think of a bajillion other things. But if you guys have questions about what gear we use for anything, literally anything, we just told you how we lube our buttholes. True. uh, Feel free to send us a message. So we appreciate you guys listening and hope this was of some value if, (laughs) or at least entertainment. Indeed. I mean, I know it went from insane to much calmer, so I hope that was a good trajectory for you. But anyway, we'll see you guys next time.